As a new Christian, I began to consider this question. Does God use dreams and visions and angels today to instruct us, the New Testament church? I took the New Testament Bible and read every example where God used a dream with one of his people. And I looked at the visions that he used to instruct his people. And I looked at the examples where angels helped and instructed his people. In the New Testament Bible, the New Testament Bible shows us things of God that are valid for the New Testament church. So I figured that if I can see where God used dreams or visions or angels in the New Testament Bible, then I would have a basis for believing that God could use a dream or a vision or an angel to instruct me. And that's the way I started the subject. I went through every example of dreams, visions, and angels being used to help the New Testament church. When you stop and think about the Apostle Paul, he had the Holy Spirit. He had everything we have today. So God could have instructed Paul by a dream or a vision or by an angel Or he could have chosen another method. What did he do to instruct the Apostle Paul? How did he instruct Paul? If he used a dream with Paul, he might use a dream with me. And this is how I set the basis for understanding how God uses these things to help people like me today in the New Testament church. We start really with Matthew chapter 1. For something happened in Joseph's life which would be shattering, except for the fact that God in a dream instructed Joseph. Let's look at Matthew chapter 1, start at verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, engaged to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Joseph was thinking on this situation. He had not had sex with Mary, yet she became pregnant. But he was a just man, and he didn't want to shame her in front of the other people. So he was just going to put her away from himself privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her 
is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had said to him, and took unto him his wife Mary. But he didn't have sex with her until after the baby Jesus was born. God often uses dreams to change our direction in this life. At one point, I was going out from coast to coast in the United States and having meetings with the various radio audiences. God then gave me some judgment messages, and I had to present these messages on radio. And when I presented those messages on radio, it changed everything. For when I began on radio, I was speaking messages that were taking thoughts captive, how to follow God by His Spirit, dealing with destructive thoughts. And people wanted to hear these messages. There came a time, two years down the road, however, when God told me the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And God had me speak messages showing sins that were being committed by big-time radio and television ministers. Much hate mail came in after I spoke those messages. One night I had a dream, and in this dream I was shown a football game. Texas was playing North Texas. Now that's shocking if you happen to be a football fan because Texas overpowered North Texas enormously at that time. It would be an uneven match, very uneven. In the dream, one of the running backs had played for Texas, but he now played for North Texas. They were getting ready to snap the ball, and the running back was going to be crushed when he took that ball and ran into that Texas team. And as the ball was snapped, I heard these words, and this is still in the dream. Don't go until you see Exodus 15. I awoke from the dream. I had radio stations all over the United States at that time. I had on my schedule meetings planned for the entire radio community. I would go into one city and rent a room at a convention center or motel and have a meeting for the radio audience for two or three days. And then I would go to the next city and have a meeting for the radio audience. And I was shown in the dream 
great destruction that was going to happen to me if I did this. And secondly, I was shown and told, don't go until you see Exodus 15. Immediately, I canceled my entire schedule for the remainder of the year and did not go out. One of the people in our ministry group said, Joan, you can't do this. You have to go out. If you go out and have meetings, they will give money. But if you don't go out, they won't give money. And I said, I don't care. I'm not going out. I heard don't go and I'm not going. God showed me danger. He showed me what was going to happen to me if I kept going out and having meetings. And he told me don't go through that dream. I did not go. Dreams are used by God to turn us, to warn us, to help us, to protect us. Matthew chapter 2. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled with all Jerusalem with him. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time that star appeared. And he sent the wise men to Bethlehem. And he said to these wise men, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. But Herod was going to try to kill Jesus. God knew that. The wise men didn't know that. Verse 9, When they heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod. They departed unto their own country and went another way. So they would have gone back to Herod had not God warned them in this dream and shown them not to return to Herod. Herod was deceitful. He was going to kill Jesus. In fact, he killed every baby under the age of two years old because he wanted to destroy Jesus. He did not destroy Jesus because when these wise men departed, 
the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee unto Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. The angel of the Lord brought this information to Joseph in a dream, showing the truth about Herod and what he was going to do, and showing Joseph to flee. Now let's look at what Joseph did as a result of this dream. When Joseph arose from the dream, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. It was very hard to travel in those days. He was so diligent concerning the instruction even by night, he took the child and his mother and fled, fled into Egypt. Matthew chapter 2, verse 19. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel. For they are dead which sought the young child's life. As I studied all the dreams that I could find in the New Testament Bible, I saw very clearly that God uses dreams to show us the truth, to warn us, to help us, and to show us the way to go. Now we also have to be sure that we have the right interpretation as we consider the dream. But most dreams are fairly direct. I had one dream not so long ago where in the dream I opened the door to my house and outside my front door there were starving kittens, kittens at the point of death. They were just waiting at my door for me to feed them. Some were so weak they couldn't even sit up, needing food so badly. And they were at my door, which meant I was the one to give them the food. In the same dream, I went out into my garage and there were kittens everywhere and they were hungry and starving and weak, and some couldn't even walk, they were so hungry. When I woke from this dream, I turned to God and I said, what does all this mean? And I heard the church, feed the church. And at that same time, I was put by God on podcasts to give podcasts to the church. And when I grow weary from doing podcasts, I'm often reminded of the dreams of these starving young Christians, starving kittens. And that causes me to have strength to continue the work of doing the podcast. 
So yes, God uses dreams. God uses visions. There's an example in Acts 9 where we know very well on the road to Damascus how Jesus revealed himself to the Apostle Paul and told him he was going to be a minister. And Paul was blind for three days after that revelation. In verse 9 of Acts 9, we read, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. So at the same time God showed this vision to Ananias to go to the house where Paul was, Paul was given a vision by God showing that a man named Ananias would be coming to his house. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. For Paul was persecuting the Christians at the time this happened. Verse 14, And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way. For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and put his hands on Paul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that hath appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. The first time God ever gave me a vision, I was in a prayer group, and we were standing there in a circle, and someone was praying, and I heard the words, look up. So I opened my eyes and looked up, and on the wall I saw the outline of a stomach. When the women quit praying, I said, does anyone have a stomach problem? And this one woman said, I do, I do. That was the first time God ever gave me an open vision, and he showed it to me outlined on the wall. After that time, I had many 
open visions that way. They are called word of knowledge technically as a spiritual gift. But I have had many that way. Often in our Bible classes, they were having this song service. I would see on the wall open visions showing me things about the people in the group. And the teacher always said, does anyone have a word from the Lord? And at that time, I would present that open vision. And I was usually shown it by an outline on a wall. At one point in my life, one of my friends was diagnosed with ALS, horrible disease. He was 44 at that time and had a wife and two children. The church was praying for his recovery, and God gave me an open vision about David. I saw him standing on a golf course, walking down the fairway, And he was so happy. And he was motioning to us with his hand, come on, come on, join me. This is wonderful. Well, at that time, David was totally paralyzed. A person from his church group said to me, don't you think that vision means that David is going to be healed? And I said, no, David is dying. But he's spiritually in good condition. He's okay spiritually. David died a few days later. I wrote out the vision and sent it to his wife and his two children, who were about eight and nine at that time, to encourage them. And I suggested to her that they have this vision read at the funeral service. They lived 600 miles away, so I wasn't in the same city where they lived. God uses visions with us today in the church. When Paul was in a situation where he was on board a ship and the ship was tossed with waves and they thought the ship would be wrecked, he said, an angel of the Lord stood by me in the night and told me that they would be saved from the shipwreck. And he said, to the captain of the ship and the men of the ship. And I believe it shall be even as it was told me. That's in the book of Acts. I've had one time that I believe an angel of God spoke to me. There may have been other times, but I have one time very strongly that I believe an angel of God spoke to me. It happened on January the 10th, 1980. I was asleep in the night. A very loud trumpet-like voice blew three words into my ear. It was very loud. Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I jumped out of bed and wrote KWJS on a notepad because I didn't want to get those letters mixed up. I felt they were call letters to either radio or television. I looked it up and found it to be a radio station. And I said to God, Are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. And I heard 
called the radio station manager. Now that part I heard as a thought in my mind. But the first three words were like an audible voice speaking loudly to me from without my body. Often angels are described as being very loud, very powerful. And I think that was an angel. And by that word, God put me on radio in 1980 to exhort the church. You can take your New Testament Bible and you can read all of the examples of dreams, visions, and angels speaking in the New Testament to the New Testament church. All of the things those angels did where Peter was concerned, where he opened the prison gates and took him out of the prison at night. And they stood in the street outside the prison and the angel disappeared and then Peter knew it had been an angel of God who had appeared and freed him. All of these things are faith-building concerning dreams, visions, and angels. I have never prayed for God to give me a dream or a vision or an angel to speak to me. I've never prayed that. But when I have a dream or a vision or when in the case of that angel what I believe to have been an angel speaking, putting me on radio. All of those things, because I studied the New Testament Bible on those subjects, it was clear to me that God does use dreams, visions, and angels to help us today, to warn us, and to show us what to do. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.